Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hello, AR Nation. I am Richard Kisten, and I'm glad to welcome you back to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I hope you're doing well. Um, it's actually a beautiful day out here right now where I'm at. It's very sunny, mild, uh, a little refreshing based on, you know, especially in comparison to everything that we're dealing with across the world right now. I am very pleased to have as a guest on our show today, uh, I've gotten to know her over the last couple of years, um, Nandar Matari. Nandar Matari is a meditation coach, trainer. She works both with individuals and entities, corporations, and larger companies, um, focusing on helping people get in touch with their consciousness uh, medit- and helping them meditate. And now more than ever, this is probably a service and a skill that we could all benefit from. So Nandar, thank you for taking the time uh, to be on the show. Thank you, Richard, for having me for today's show, and I'm excited. Now, I'm right, right now, just, the, yeah. yeah, I'm also right now in the Zurich, Switzerland, and um, yeah, it is also sunny outside, and you know, I'm in a good mood. Very awesome, very awesome. That's what we need. We need lots of positivity, lots of lots of hope and joy spreading out from from across here. Um, so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, actually, a number of reasons, Nandar. Uh, one of them is a little selfish because I want to have a conversation with you about meditation. We've talked about it before, and it's something in my life that it, it feels like it fits, but I've struggled with it. So I think throughout this mm-hmm. conversation, I'll come back to that a little bit. But also, I know in in the realm of people that you and I share, friends and, and acquaintances, you've helped transform and really help people like reclaim their lives, their happiness. Uh, inside the business of like work and the stress and anxiety that comes with all of that. So I thought that, you know, it just worked out that right now with everything that's going on, it seemed like a perfect time, perfect opportunity to share you and the skills that you have with the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your intention. And I'm happy to share everything I know. (laughs) Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, So let's, before we dive into, you know, meditation and and what you do and how you help people. I want to take a step back and maybe visit like where you're from, who you're, cause you've got a very interesting backstory. Um, yeah. You're from, from Myanmar, correct? Yes. It is a Southeast Asia country between India, China, and Thailand. So to speak, we are under the colony of Britain, um, the England for many years. So after like, I think 200 years or something like that, we are coming out and uh, we have our independence in 1948. Um, uh, and then afterwards is that, you know, we are under the dictatorship for a long time and nobody really know us. So since 2012, we are open up to um, have trading and also relationship with outside world so that a lot of people do not know. But um, our, our country is famous for um, a lot of pagodas having there. Our Buddhism is very ingrained in our culture. So that is where I came from. Now, I heard a story, and, and again, I'd be happy to, if you share a little bit more about like, your childhood and whatnot. 
Um, talk about maybe a little about where you came from in Myanmar and, and like how, how you developed or how meditation came into your life because it was sort of a happenstance thing. Um, if my understanding of the story is correct, that okay. a teacher sort of introduces you. Sure. Um, I was born in that Shan state. It is the kind of like middle part of the uh, country. So in that region is, as I told you, the, the whole country and our country has a Buddhist, a lot of Buddhists. So they say that um, uh, seven, 87% of the population is uh, Buddhist. So we are really um, devoted to monks and nuns, we support them so that they can meditate and they can also, you know, practice for the Nibbana. So it is somehow, um, um, you know, uh, weird for maybe outside of the wall, the people are just sitting at in the monastery, and but we are supporting them. But we do believe and trust in that by being uh, offering, you know, food yeah. and other um, things, then we will, can really achieve also our good luck and bring good luck for them. So I was born there in the region where, the people are very generous with, um, um, you know, um, supporting the monks and nuns. But at that time, during that time, nobody is really meditating. And though they know that meditation can bring them joy and happiness and release the anxiety, a lot of people just donate. You see that? And at one point, by donating things, uh, this kind of luck and this kind of peace will come to them. Yeah. And, and also, in uh, my, uh, my parents are not, I mean, are uh, they are religious in the sense that they support the monks and nuns, but they don't also meditate either. Yeah. So there is no really, as my, I live with my mother, um, you know, uh, family. So, but my father family, my grandpa, Ma, the mother live in the Southern part of Myanmar. So she's very religious. And also she went to, uh, she always went to the, you know, monastery and to yeah. meditate. So it was in my teen, like 13 years old, she brought me to the monastery and she, oh, I started also seeing that she's meditating. She's also interested in praying, you know, then I started learning that. But nobody really tell me that I should meditate because nobody meditates. And at one point, it was a calling for me. I heard that from my um, uh, physics teacher. At, I was like 15 years old before my high school finished. And then she told me that meditation is really good. It changed her life. She was seven day retreats. And um, it's really clean her mind. She become also beautiful afterwards. So I'm a teenager. So I would like to be beautiful, right? <laughs> At the same time, it was like a calling for me. I wanted to do it. I told my mom, and I want to do it in when I have a, my summer holiday. So she told me that after your high school, it will be in one, uh, one year more. I have to wait. You can do whatever you like. Then I started uh, going, you know, to the meditation. I was in the monastery for 27 days. I shaved my hair. I stayed in the monastery for 27 days and I learned to meditate. It was my first retreat. So um, that is my short background of how I came to the meditation. That's fact. It, it was, was a, I didn't know it was a physics teacher. That's because, I mean, all my science teachers, and I don't mean to sh like, you know, I just, I just found that I didn't, I didn't know that part of the story. I feel like all of my physics teachers, chem teachers growing up in school were very mm -hmm. logic based and things yeah. just like in physics and chemistry, um, even in biology, everything is like in the earth sciences, everything is measured. And yeah. it's fascinating to me that your physics teacher was the one that, that pointed out and sort of suggested uh, meditation as a, as a way to, to like bring yeah. out who you are. 
it was also the fact that not a lot of people are meditating also right. she's the one of the all the teachers that goes yeah. to the monastery and meditate because meditation was not popular at all at that time we are just you know doing donation was very popular or telling the beats they say that one mantra all the time and they was like counting the beat for like 108 it was you know easy job you know but meditating is torturing because when you meditate it's come a lot of pains a lot of emotional pain physical pain <laughs> nobody want to do it and also the monks are very strict if you go to the monk and monastery you have to follow the rules so nobody really would like to do that but she was also one of the many teachers who started enjoying the experience and she shared it with with us and i'm all one and only in that student group who really? said that okay i will go you know but yeah, not um not also you know it is a kind of like calling for me and i comes to understand later on when i have a higher consciousness or whatever you call it after, and right now i'm been meditating for 27 years so like after like 20 years or like uh, 18 years later i have this experience of rendezvous i started remembering my past lives and I also see the future, something like that. It is something that when you are polishing the glass many times, then it has become very transparent and it's a kind of like higher consciousness Then I can start remembering my past life too. And so that I know that this lifetime, it was my prayer and that I wanted to learn to meditate and I also want to spread it to the world. So that is that was my prayer. That's why it was a calling for me since I was 16 and I must do that. So all right, I want to I want to get to that point where you had this like this turning point in your life because between that first meditation camp for 27 days for the next several let's say 20 years then or something like that mm -hmm. or 15 whatever it is you you worked in corporate you had like you, your life kind of mirrored what most people's lives would be like right maybe get a job just go about living your life right yeah yeah so my uh, going back to that it was like after my high school in our country is that and the engineer and the doctor are the god so after your high school you must be uh, you must be attending the middle uh, medical school or you have because you have to become an engineer but um fortunately or unfortunately whatever it name i think it was my fortune i didn't have this mark to go to the in, um, medicine you know, to join the medicine job. And my um, mother told me that, you know, yeah, it is the end of the story. But uh, then I see that I will, be, I will be joining something that I like. And it was shortly after that too, I found my vision. So it was shortly after 27 days, my retreats, I have a chance to visit the Thai border region. It was also not very far from the place where my first retreats uh, was finished. And so my... Um, uh, this uh, her relative from my father's side live in the Thai border region. So I went there, and the Thai people uh, have the same hair color like us, similar to our skin type. But they have uh, they live in the luxury. They have cars, they have motorcycle, they have good foods and television. We didn't have it, any of that. So it was infrastructure was totally destroyed out of this reg regime, military regime. And I said that if. The, uh, Thailand even is very popular, um, very advanced. How would that the whole world would be? 
It was like opening eyes for me after my 16 years old. I want to travel the world. It was my deepest desire in my heart. That is why after I came back to my, you know, um, hometown, then I started, you know, learning English from the Hollywood movies. And I was so fascinated with English words. So then I decided to join the English literature in the university. And later I also become an English teacher. Then, um, but I was always trying and figuring out to come out of the country because my goal was to travel the world. So nobody believes me, of course. <laughs> and I said that you are crazy still. And, uh, but I mean, I said that I've got to make it. And I left my country at last in 27. My first plan was going to um, England uh, to attend an MBA. I didn't have the visa. So I decided to go to America as a refugee. Then I, I met the scam. I, mean, I fall into the scam. So I lost all my money. Then I decided not to give up and come to Europe and, so, and chose Germany and as a refugee. So I started my life all over again in 2005 with one baggage, 10 euro, and I started learning German, then become a financial consultant in, um, in Germany. And I have my, my career. And at one point is that with all my midlife crisis, my spirituality always get better because meditation, mindfulness, psychology, learning psychology and personal development. So these are my hobby from the very beginning since I was 16. Yeah. So at one point I come to realize and I know that a whole world is filled with illusions. I was just following the carrot like a donkey in front of me. It is actually I can live as I like, as I like. I come to understand it. it was in 35, 36, around that time. And then I left everything. I left my boyfriend. I left my corporate job. And I was confused. But at the same time, I know that it is not for me anymore. I didn't know that what I wanted to do back then. Then at one point, it was very clear to me. I have to do something which is coming out of me. Then I pray and I have this intuition and vision that I have to teach people to meditate. Then I started doing that in 2014, March. And I'm staying doing it and I'm happy and growing. So I'm now at the right place at the right time. Was there anything, I, I want to go back to when you were like uh, before 2014, 20, 2013, 2014, where you kind of like realized you, you weren't living your quote unquote, your best life, right? Yeah. Or you weren't doing the thing because you, you were very successful in what you're doing. Like you won uh, like, for whatever co the company you worked with, you won like the person, I forgot with the member of the year or associate of the year yeah, or something like that yeah. in sales. So like, you were, you were a high achiever in that environment. What, was there anything like, what was that like? Were you doing the work and maybe torn between the success you were experiencing, but there was always something like itching at you? Like what, what did that feel like when you were there doing, you know, working? Yeah. So um, I will clarify right now with um, this, this awakening that I ha it's happened to me through my meditation and inner work. It's now happening to everyone around that. Maybe that the people do not yet see that. So what I saw is that, I mean, well, since we are young, we are trained to compete against each other. You have to be the great A, B, C, and then in the class, you must be the best. And then so that you can attend to the university, then you, be, you can achieve the best degree. And then later on, you go to the uh, work and you have to compete against each other, the best person in the company. 
so that the company can compete each other, that the country can compete against each other. And the people are always under anxiety. And also, you know, I was under anxiety too. I finished, I have by the best team leader of, team leader of the year, 2011, and then I have to make on top of it. And next year, I have to become the, the best sales managers of the year or whatever. They have, you know, try us to follow this carrot in front of the donkey. So we were always manipulated through our media. And so if you are a man, you must have this, you must have that experience, you must have a girlfriend, you must have this, right? And if you're a woman, you have to marry, you must uh, look searching thing. These all are the illusion that is given by our society from our ego-based industrial all thinking. Yeah. So, so with that, the people are always chasing after the next goal and they are forgetting or they, they are not really living here and now. So we, after having and achieving this step, and we always have to make on top of it. So I understand that and I didn't have to do it. It was my old belief system and also given by the society. And I wanted to know how that is to live without that limitations. Now I'm living that limitation and I understand that. So right now, um, for this competition mindset, we take out all of those trees, right? And afterwards, we are polluted all of those seas and oceans. And right now, with that um, airplane and smoke and, and carbon outside, our air is also polluted. So COVID-19 comes from the pollution of this air, right? Then it, right now, we have to think it back. If we are competing against each other, produce you know, always more and always trying to show each other that we are good instead of living our peace, our love and our sharing with other people, our whole world will get destroyed. So that is right now, what, how, much, how many uh, watches you have? How many um, suits you have at all? What kind of expensive shoes you have at all? You cannot show anyone. You are sitting right now at home. Everybody become flat, the same. If you're a CEO, you have to stay at home. If you're a cleaning lady, you have to stay at home. Right now, is this a very a spiritual awakening? And to also think about our life. What, for what are we chasing after? Yeah, right? And, and these things of awakening happened to me back then in 2011, actually, end of 2011, 2012. I didn't even know that, but I know that I saw that old wall and it is given by and trained my, by my school, by my society, and also in that finance consultant, I mean, com company who is giving us, you know, all this incentive and so that I'm just running yeah. and without any gold at all. Then I left all of those behind because I, I knew it is. It was wrong. Let me ask you this, because you touched on something that I, 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 I tend, I tend to agree with it. That people, myself included, will like will make seismic changes in our lives, but in response to something. Like right now, this is some. Like I don't know how many people have ever experienced something like this in my lifetime. I, I, I haven't. There are people certainly wiser and older than I am. Maybe they have. I don't know. Mm. I remember a few years back when I, when I had my emergency ileostomy, I had to shut down. 
like that was a life changing event for me that I grew, but in response to that event, mm. did you have something or maybe a series of events that led you to really start questioning what you're doing? This is how this podcast was born. Like one day I, yeah. I, I was, I showed up in my apartment drunk and I like, what am I doing with my life? It was a seismic change, but like that change came as, as a result and in response to something. So was there something like you felt or experienced back in 2010, 2011 that made you realize, okay, you know, I'm making money, I'm doing this, but you know what, this is just not, not right for me. Like there's something more that's calling you. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if, if you ever felt that way, that, that there were certain events or certain mm -hmm. things that occurred that mm -hmm. maybe shed the light on you changing your life focus? Yes. Um, there is a one event that really totally changed me to see the different world um, because I got into this spiritual um, energy. I'm in touch with this master or this very huge energy. That's why the, when the people also meditate with me, I have a very clear consciousness and then they can, it just can also change the other people's consciousness too. It is also the same to me. I found, I met with this master who has a very clear consciousness um, then with that energy, I also change and transform within a short period of time. Before that also, um, uh, in, I would say that two things. I won't also meet that master if I have not made um, my, my journey of spirituality. It was the assumption of all, everything that I have made in my life. So, it, I mean, right now I'm 43. I will turn 44 this year. So I have, uh, I started meditating when I was 16. So it's been 27, 26 years. So around this time, my brain doesn't Your math is still good. Your math is still and, good. <laughs> and then, and, and then I during that 27 years, I've gone to many different retreats, many different meditation center, right? And so with that, I also meditate every day. And this summing up all of my consciousness, that also lead me to go to many different seminars which helped me to also release a lot of my negative thoughts, pattern, and so on. So at one point, I'm energetically ready and also is ready to take that step. Then I took that step and took the seminar in 2011, August. Then afterwards, my, my energy field changed. My also, you know, I just felt the change and the shift right after that seminar. Huh. And... And, but at the same time, I knew that, you know, I, but I didn't know where it will go. So I'm still with my ex-partner and then, you know, but uh, with that time, it's interesting enough because I change and I grow that um, the man also, that my relationship also change, you know, then at one point is that it was very clear to me. I have to make a cut. Then I left everything in May, 2012. And at first, my, um, I left my uh, relationship and then later on my work and so on. Yeah. So that was the event of the seminar that helped me to make this quantum jump to the next level. But I would say that all of my experience of, you know, daily meditation and taking many different seminars, this sum up. And at one point, I make this shift. I want to ask you this next question because I, this is, this is just I, conceptually or practically, I don't know how this works. I've, I've heard 
like in, in talking about meditation with people and I keep being, I, the, the things I keep hearing back are that meditation helps you develop awareness and mm -hmm. tune into consciousness. Yeah. What does that mean? Like what for you, if you were to describe that experience to someone new or what, what does that mean? Yeah, what that's mean is so we are, when we are young and when we are born, and so we are fearless and we are very spontaneous. We are born with this two quality. We just don't know what is a good, right and wrong. So we just fearless. We just run into it and fall into it or whatever. That with experiences, but we learn fear. If we do certain stuff, we have fear, right? And also that with that fear, then this, um, our parents and society and teacher use us. And if you do that, you will get hurt. You will, if you do that, you will get hurt. And that time we, we become that cannot really move around and, you know, just stiffen ourselves. And we're full of fear. And that spontaneity is gone. Right. And because it's full of fears are filled in our heart and mostly it changed like um, one to three years old. We are still very adjusted with our feeling. We are very much one to one feelings. That's why we also learn everything through our environment, through feelings. But after like seven years and it is a spiritual age, we started thinking about who am I, what I'm doing here. Then like after 12 or 13, we totally shut down our heart. We do not really feel anymore. At that time, when we are not feeling anymore and full of fears, because we are full of fears and I have to do this, I have to do that, one, two, three, then I'm safe. Otherwise, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not safe. And this, we are not feeling anymore. And we just also function and give it away all this news and all these laws. And we are just living from our head. Right, and our spontaneity is gone, and our um, you know fearlessness is gone. Right at that time, we because I mean we also do not feel our feelings anymore, and and this consciousness means that we have to feel those you know feelings and emotion again. This meditation is about to be in touch with, of course, in good and bad. We are full of fears in our heart because we've been learning that throughout the years. So it is about like, in other words, the cleansing all those fear and also getting, getting deeper and deeper to your fearlessness and the spontaneity in other words. By going deeper into the feelings and emotion, which we are born with. Then at that time, we also know that what is good and bad for us from our own inner truth not through what this other scientists and what other people and news are giving to us from our brain. In other words, is this meditation is about going from your brain to your heart. It is the consciousness mean you live fully conscious. So in other words, is there is um, um, a scientific proof when you think your brain wave has only two millimeter per second. It's go two millimeter. So, but when you think you have four kilometer per second, boom, your heartbreak go to four kilometer and come back, come back, right? Meditation is about going your intelligence from your brain and remembering the fact to your feeling so that you function 
the whole. And you become a full of energy, full of joy, full of spontaneity. That is the steps to the real meditation. How do you... Is, is there a difference between... I, I was talking to my girlfriend this weekend about this, and we were talking... Uh, I, I guess it was a book she was reading about how the author shared how it, now she realized that her marriage like was something that she never wanted to be involved with from the beginning, but she did it because of outside forces. It, how do you tell the difference between that? Like if right now I made a choice that mm -hmm. I, I, I think I want to make this choice, right? Like when I hear that story about getting married, it almost seems to me like that's a choice that I want to make at the time. And that you only realize that it was maybe the wrong choice after the fact. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that just not making a choice outside of being in tune with your emotions, your heart? Or is it just that like it changes over time? If in everything is live, you have to make the changes. Otherwise, the changes does not come from I mean, outside too sometimes. Yeah. But the fact is a lot of people are making the decision according to how they were taught right. to make decision. It is not their own one in these. So I'm totally rebellious. I go my own way, right? And yes, you can also hear, as you also heard about it. But my, my um, sister... So she's three and a half years old, younger than me. She took all the things, but my, what my mother told me. She become a doctor. She also get married and she do everything. She did everything what my mother said. Now she's unhappy, right? And she is always envy of me and say that I have everything what the society wanted me to have. Yeah. But I am not happy. She know that too, right? And, but it is also... Um, yeah, you have to take risks, but not all everybody is like me. I know that too. But at the same time, you, uh, everybody have a chance to also try it out and think out of the box. Yeah. So the good thing is about the more you are in touch with your own true feelings and reality, and the more you are happy, the happier you become. And so, of course, every decision cannot also be, I still also made the wrong decision. Right. So because our intuition and our ego is also very uh, close to each other. So, but um, the more I'm free my heart, from my, free from my fear, what the other people think of me, then the freer I become. I want to turn to now maybe a couple of questions. The actual practice and application of meditation. I remember hearing you, you share that over time as you meditate, your amygdala, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, the functionality changes or, or yes, between yes. your prefrontal cortex and whatnot. I, I mean, if you want to share a little bit about that, but what I, my, my real question is, for people like me, I've struggled with sitting, quieting myself. Mm -hmm. um, when I try to, I like lock myself in my bathroom, I'm like on my toilet, like trying to like find stillness, <laughs> but I, I have so much trouble with it. What do you find when you're working with clients, whether it's individuals, whether it's a corporate, a company or so, um, the, the biggest 
resistance mm-hmm. or objections that people have to meditation? Yeah. So the first myth or most uh, acceptance is that the people thought that when they meditate, they have to stop their mind and their mind were quiet and they were feel happy right afterwards, right? And the fact is um, you will never stop thinking. Even the enlightenment persons keep on thinking, but they are not in um, argument or you know, they are not in war with their own thoughts. So in other words is when I teach them to meditate, it is about to accept their thoughts as they are. You also accept the emotion as they are so that they are not in fight with that, right? A lot of people would like to meditate also. They think that when I meditate, all of my negative thoughts and critics about myself will be gone, right? I will be feeling the instant peace and joy and then I will be able to run away from all the realities I have in my life. And I'll be in Ibana, right? I mean, it's too much. It's exaggerating. <laughs> but the fact is, um, the fact is that meditation is about practicing also the acceptance of who you are, where you are, where you are right now. And other words is though we are also, um, you know, it is also learning about our own mind and nature, our own nature. So when you know that, okay, I cannot stop thinking, but I can choose in which object or feelings or emotion that I can concentrate. So I teach them to concentrate and on the, you know, first thing is the breathing or in their body sensation with that they calm themselves down already without fighting with them. Of course, their thoughts will be going out and coming back too. But at the same time, they are not pushing themselves to put their mind in a certain box to be in that way. So meditation is about learning the whole universe inside of you. So the whole universe of all different kinds of turmoil and the good things too, right? It is also the same in your body too. So when you know how to accept your body and understand your body, you also understand the whole universe too. So that is why, I mean, the people, um, you know, against the meditation because they think that I will be never able to, you know, stop my mind. So what the use of it? So this meditation is all the people who can control their mind. But the other way around is right. Because you don't know how to control your mind, you have to learn to meditate. In in other words, meditation is also not about controlling the mind. The meditation is not about putting all those whole oceans into the Coca-Cola box. But you are learning to serve with that wave of the universe and the wave of the ocean. Very cool. Yeah. Very good. I I, I think you hit it right on the nail. That's that's what I've really struggled with because every, I mean, especially there's there's a whole host of apps and this and that. And it's always like, clear your mind and that envision a blank canvas and like there's for me anyways and i don't know if anyone out there resonates with this there's always this like i get anxious when i try to meditate because as i'm trying to quote unquote clear my mind and just see like a blank canvas Mm -hmm. i like all these other thoughts keep trying to force their way in it's almost like i'm i see myself doing this like trying to push these things out and it, it like mm. wears on me so very quickly. So that's a, a very interesting perspective um, to keep, to like just learn to surf, surf with the thoughts. Oh, that's surf the ocean, yeah. yeah. 
Very cool. Nandar, this was absolutely amazing. Um, before we wrap up, I would love it. I, I don't know if you have particular ways that people can get in touch with you. Um, if I, if you want to share a website, it's social media. Um, you know, again, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, maybe work with you personally. Sure. Um, so the people can get to my website, go to the website, Matari, my last name, M-A-T-A-R-I, and meditation with S and .com. So matarimeditation.com and the people will see my website. And I'm also, you know, right now I'm doing the new website too, where uh, because right now I cannot do any corporates, uh, things in person. I'm also right now in, um, in New York City. And at the same time, I also have my YouTube channel with my name, um, Nanda Matari or Matari Meditations. You can um, um, you know, Google it on your YouTube. And I always do Facebook Live. Um, from Then from their Facebook Live, then I download it and put it on the videos. So that is currently what I have for the time being. So I will be doing more videos about that. And at one point, I'll be also having online eight weeks program but i'm still um you know um developing all of those and these are how the the people can reach out to me from through my website through my emails email is nanda at matarimeditations.com and then we can go if, get it from there very awesome nandar you are a treasure thank you thank you so much now, could i ask you one one last favor as we wrap up sure do you think you can somehow some way bless us with like a quick one minute meditation to send us off on our way. Wherever someone's listening to this, <laughs> of we're gonna course. get it. <laughs> I have a full, full of uh, everything, blessing, what you mean it. So I just would like to, you know, bless with me, you and me. And so you just, everyone who is listening uh, this broadcast, I want you to wrap as a, uh, as a, how do you call it? Wrap your hands left and right and make, um, kind of like foil in your hand and just give yourself love and press your hand on top of your chest one another and feel your heart. That is where your deepest feeling and the, your soul lies where your heart is. That is energetic in the middle of your chest and breathe into it, into that and breathe out and expand the light from the middle of your chest through your whole body and breathe in again and breathe out and expand the light into your whole body, into the whole room, into the whole world. Stay in that picture and I will sing one mantra, one song. Samastaloka Suki May all being in all universe be happy. I share my light and good deeds with all of you unconditionally. And slowly and steadily come back your attention to here and now. And when you are ready, you can open your eyes. Andar, thank you so very much. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. AR Nation, until next time, thank you, be well, and bye for now.